This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of March 17th, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 123 of Defender Radio. This week, we're exploring the upcoming Animal Advocacy Camp 2014, taking place in Vancouver on March 22nd and 23rd. The unconference-style conference is an opportunity for animal advocates of all walks of life to meet, network, and learn. APFA is a proud supporter of Animal Advocacy Camp, and we encourage all of our members to check it out if they can. To help us learn a bit more about what guests can expect is Sarah Dubois of the BCSPCA. Sarah is the speaker who will be closing the event on Saturday and joined us recently to tell us about herself and her role at Animal Advocacy Camp. To get started, can you tell me a bit about what it is you do with the BCSPCA? So, um, the title I have with the BCSPCA is Chief Scientific Officer. So, it's a new role for the organization. And in fact, it's the only animal welfare organization in Canada to have this role, to recognize kind of the scientific importance of our work and the evidence-based mission that we have. So, it's quite exciting. And uh, previously, I was in the role of Manager of Wildlife Services. So, this role expands wildlife to also take on academic partnerships and animals and research issues. All right, and you've been invited to speak at the um, Animal Advocacy Camp, and I'm curious, what is it that you intend to be speaking about in general? Well, there's a couple issues that I wanted to cover. Of course, there's a couple major wildlife uh, advocacy issues in British Columbia happening right now, so the first being the deer call, so we're going to touch on the historical perspective of that and how do we be better advocates going forward for the deer call issues. But also I really wanted to talk about the role of scientists as advocates because it's something that in the past has been really not respected. Scientists have been seen as you know, not credible um, and as biased if they've actually expressed opinions on policy that results from their data. They're seen generally to be neutral and that's changed in the scientific movement in the decade um, the past decade and I think a lot of it has had to do with the climate change issue that scientists actually do have a strong, you know, position on the issue because the science is so significant and that it's not being taken into account sometimes when policies are being made. To me, it makes sense that scientists really should be perhaps one of the most important parts of a conversation about policy and anything where a scientific opinion is valid. Um, with the education, the training, and the time spent looking at an issue, it seems as though they really should be number one on the list for who do we talk to about this. Absolutely. They are experts in their field. There, of course, will be scientists that disagree with each other on the exact same science or interpretation of it. So that's something to keep in mind. And that overall, a lot of our policy decisions are based on public values. So if we are, you know, using public values and science to guide policy rather than economic decision making, I think we'd be in a lot better position, yes. And when it comes to the deer cull issue, that's something that's very, very hot in BC. It's also very big in parts of Ontario right now and across the country uh, in one form or another. How much of the information that you'll be providing is transferable? Because while Ontario and 
BC are dealing with deer. Other areas, such as Alberta, are looking at um, uh, wild horses, and parts of the territories are dealing with other ungulates. Uh, what what can people take away from learning about deer culls? That's a really great question. We have to look at this from a broad level. So we want to apply not only the science, but our advocacy work to many different uh, wildlife issues. And here I think we're going to look at the analysis of how the decisions were made and what evidence was provided to the municipalities to justify a call. And then what happened actually during the call and how mistakes were made, but they were were not acknowledged um, and they were really glazed over in many respects. And I think that's where the advocates could have had a a greater role and the scientists as well to say, actually, you know, this isn't being carried out according to how it had been originally intended and it really isn't going to make a difference in these populations doing it like this. So, um, you know, haphazardly winging it, as I said before, that municipalities, you know, aren't prepared to do wildlife management and, and now they're in a position to do it. And as someone who works for a large organization or a larger organization with the BCSPCA and someone who is a scientist and has a very strong science background, how important is it, do you think, for people to get informed about the current science and understanding the issues when it comes to advocacy? Well, I think, of course, everyone can't be an expert and spend a lot of time in school studying this issue. So we have to rely upon the experts that are out there. But I think it's important that any member of the public be critical, uh, a thinker, and to really evaluate the information that they're getting. And to know that some of the information, of course, being filtered through different media is not always, um, you know, the whole story. So they should be asking themselves, you know, where can they get more information and where can they find out to fill in those gaps some of these these holes that are not being discussed in the story. And to anyone who might be on the fence about coming out to this conference at this point, what would you suggest to them? I think it's going to be a really interesting gathering. You know, I was at first, um, you know, questioning why they would want someone from the SPCA, from an animal welfare organization to attend something that um, is generally regarded as a, an animal rights conference and a very strong advocacy conference. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting that they're looking at broad work with animals and I think that anyone who is passionate about animal concerns no matter where you are on that spectrum of animal rights or animal welfare will be able to learn from some of the speakers. To learn more about Sarah's work visit bcspca.ca. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Defender Radio. First, they tear a hole in your roof. Then they get in, destroying your insulation, chewing your electrical wiring. Raccoons and squirrels are eating away at your biggest investment, your home. I am Brad Gates of Gates Wildlife Control. Don't wait any longer. Call Gates Wildlife Control. We'll humanely get them out and keep them out. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit us at gateswildlifecontrol.com or call 416 416- BearSmart.com is the most comprehensive resource on the web for all things bear. At BearSmart.com, we work hard to ensure people and bears safely and respectfully coexist. Join us as we give bears a voice at BearSmart.com. Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America's song dogs? 
They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities one community at a time. Please visit us at coyotewatchcanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing Keystone species. Every year, dogs, cats, endangered species, and even people are caught in cruel leg-hold, conibear, and other body-gripping traps across Canada. Who will speak out for these innocent victims of an outdated industry? We will. I'm Leslie Fox, Executive Director of the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. With your support, we can bring an end to the needless and painful deaths of hundreds of thousands of animals. Become a member today at FurBearerDefenders.com to find out how you can give hope for our fur-bearing friends. Hi, my name is Beth Naked, and you're listening to Defender Radio. Animal Advocacy Camp is a two-day event taking place in Vancouver on March 22nd and 23rd, which will foster discussion between advocates of all volition. We recently spoke with Glenn Gates, the organizer of Animal Advocacy Camp 2014, who shared with us a bit more about the event. So we're talking about the uh, Animal Advocacy Camp, and how did you come up with the idea for the program in general? Um... A number of years ago, I went to an event called Change Camp, which I think originated in Toronto, actually. But uh, they were doing, um, there were a few events in various cities, and I went to the Vancouver one. And it was my first experience with this, what's called an unconference or an open space event, where the people who are coming to the event, all the attendees, are the ones who actually set the agenda of the day. So there aren't really any preset speakers or workshops or anything. It's just everybody who comes brings their own ideas and they lead their own discussions. Um, and it was just kind of self-organized and it's kind of amazing, cool thing that I'd never thought of before. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, it's a great way to bring together a bunch of people who have kind of similar but still different interests and ideas um, in a way that uh, feels um, empowering to them all. Um, and I thought that would really apply well to animal advocacy because there are a bunch of different groups who have um, small differences or medium-sized differences that, that mean that they hardly ever talk to each other and they don't work together. And this was a way that you could get them all in kind of the same room and get some cross-pollination happening. All right, and is that really sort of what you're hoping to achieve big picture by hosting this conference? Yeah, in general, that's what I'm looking for is to get the different groups, um, give them a chance to be in the same room and talk about what they're working on, uh, talk about different ideas. We get a lot of individual activists too, people who aren't affiliated with groups who just want to uh, find out what the best way the best things that they can do to be effective activists on their own. Um, so they learn from the groups, they learn from the other individual activists. There's a lot of really interesting uh, idea exchange that happens. There's discussion of tactics. There's also a really interesting thread that tends to run through these events of almost uh, like support groups, 
people get together and some of the breakout sessions are simply just uh, talking about, you know, living as a vegan or uh, living as an animal activist in self-care or uh, so I married a meat eater. (laughs) Well, and that's something that I think must be very, very important is having a place where you can talk about these things with people who maybe are from a different walk of life, but still try and live to the same ideals, moral values, or simply just lifestyle choices. Um, so do you find that frequently people who attend an event like this will really walk away with that sense of camaraderie and of um, understanding maybe that they didn't have the day before? That's what I hope anyway. Uh, I know that uh, from the feedback that we've gotten, people do express that uh, how wonderful it is to be just to be in a room with so many like-minded people, dedicated activists, whether or not they are, um, you know, working for welfare organizations or abolitionists or so on. Let's talk a bit about the speakers. So you've got a few people who come from literally different walks of life and also different parts of the country. Can you tell me a bit about some of the people you have coming? Yeah, so... Uh, we modified the unconference to include opening and closing speakers each day uh, just to uh, provide kind of a frame for the attendees. And this year we have uh, our opening speakers, Joanne MacArthur, who is a well-known um, animal rights photographer. She's taken pictures that probably everyone has seen, whether or not they know that she took them. Uh, she's the subject of The Ghosts in Our Machine, which is an amazing film. So she'll be showing slides of her photos and telling stories about her work. The closing speaker that day is going to be Sarah Dubois, who works on wildlife issues with the DC SPCA. She uh, is going to be speaking largely on the issue of gear calls, which is um, probably... I don't know how much of an issue that is in Ontario, but it's kind of a a big issue here in BC, or at least a lot of communities face wildlife issues, and deer cults are one of the big ones. Um, On Sunday, we have our opening speaker, Dylan Powell, who um, is one of the organizers of Marineland Animal Defense, which is uh, taken on the Marineland Sea Park Aquarium. I'm not sure what you call it. Uh, He'll be out here talking about coalition building and uh, working with other organizations and other groups um, across issues. And our closing speaker will be Lisa Hutchin from uh, a local organization called Small Animal Rescue BC uh, that works rescuing small animals, rabbits and the little guys like hamsters and gerbils and dagoos and chinchillas. Uh, the the sort of uh, forgotten pets, the ones that fall through the cracks a lot. What can guests really expect? If they come, they spend the two days, uh, they meet a lot of folks, they hear these opening and closing speakers. What can they really sort of expect to learn from their time? Uh, well, that what people can expect to learn is a really interesting question. In a way, people will learn um, what they are looking to learn. Uh, there'll be resources available there for um, if someone wants to learn how to be a more effective activist, there'll be a lot of people available 
who will have ideas on being an effective activist and they'll be able to share ideas about tactics and strategies. Uh, if people want to learn about how to be a more balanced person in their activism, there will be a lot of people there who are ready and willing to discuss um, self-care and support. Uh, people can really learn what they need from this event because it's so open. Um, there'll be a lot of people there. And all someone has to do if they're really looking to learn something is um, lead a breakout discussion session on that topic. And then everybody in the room who's really interested in it will come to the breakout session and then they can have a very devoted and dedicated session talking about that specific issue. Uh, I like to keep the event uh, very... Uh, I don't have ideas about what I want people to learn, and I'm not trying to force people to learn particular things or promote particular ideas. Um, so getting the, the people there so that there's a big soup that everybody can can draw from and really learn what it is that they most need to learn. All right. Uh, well, look, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, and I really appreciate everything you're doing out there in Vancouver for the people and the animals. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, I really appreciate uh, you sharing this. To find out more about the event or register now, visit animaladvocacycamp.ca. That's the show for this week, folks. I'd like to thank our guests and encourage everyone to find out more about them at the Animal Advocacy Camp website at animaladvocacycamp.ca. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.